I'm going to FatCon in Seattle, Washington, January 5th through 7th, and I want to see you there. FatCon is a three-day fat liberation celebration, y'all. We will be celebrating fat liberation, body acceptance, and the power of being in fat community. With over 60 hours of programming spanning from policy, legislation, healthcare, community, and visual arts, plus a ton more, this is sure to be something you don't want to miss. The vibes are going to be immaculate. With a fat brunch, a fat fashion show, and a fat vendor marketplace, there is so much to do. Plus, there's some really cool experiences you can sign up for, like some fat liberation photo shoots and some incredible shopping experiences with two big lots. Being in fat community with other fat people who just accept you for who you are and get it is such a great experience and I want every single person watching this to be able to have that experience with us. Ticket sales for the FatCon are going to be ending very soon. You can go to the link in my bio and use code JBAE to save 25% on your tickets. I hope to see each and every one of you at the FatCon in Seattle, Washington, January 15th. This is Plausibly Live. It is absolutely, positively, no two ways about it. The photograph of me that I hate the absolute most. It was taken in 2006 at my parents' retirement. Uh, We had a big family reunion in Denver. And it actually, from a photographer's standpoint, it's actually a really good photograph. It actually is well-balanced, it's well-lit, captures colors, facial expressions, the whole nine yards. But it is, to me, simply the most hated photograph of me ever taken. And it's not a picture that I'm proud of. It's not a picture that I'm happy with. Mostly because I'm unhappy with myself at that point, even though I'm smiling. It is, unfortunately, though, a necessary evil, this photograph. I could take this photograph and shred it, just hit delete off the electronic versions, and it would be gone forever. But the problem with doing that is that once something is erased, once something is gone, it's easy to rationalize that it never actually happened. In your mind, you might know that it did, but it's easier to rationalize it if there's no proof. Say, ah, that never really happened. And there you go. The reason I hate this photograph, which is of me wearing a pair of nice jeans, a gray golf shirt with collar, and I'm up against a fence with my arm resting on the fence post, and my right leg is up on the bottom slat, and I'm smiling. And the reason I hate that photograph is because that photograph was taken of me at the absolute height of my weight struggle. I was 322 pounds when that photograph was taken. And believe me, in that photograph, you can tell. I've spent my whole life battling being big. It was not um, not unusual for me to to be struggling with that. When I was in A school in the Navy, in late September, early September of 1982, I was actually the number one person in my class, which meant that I get to choose the first billet. And after the detailer got done explaining this to us, he had me stand up and come outside in the hall with him. And he looked me over and said, yeah, you're not going to get transferred until you 
lose some weight. And at the time, I weighed 184 pounds. Do you understand that? 184 pounds, and I still exceeded the Navy's height weight standard. I eventually, I, I don't even want to tell you what I did to get lose the 10 pounds they wanted me to lose. When I got to the, the Michigan, same thing happened again. I kind of ballooned up to about 220 pounds, 225 pounds. And I got fed up with it one day, and I just started running. Second level muscle department. Just started running. Running, 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 running. And I ate pineapple. Pineapple is what I ate for weeks, if not months. Ran my ass off. Got back down to 184 pounds and still exceeded the height weight measurements that the Navy had. 184 pounds. At 184 pounds, my entire life at that point, and this was 1986, early 1987, my entire life was, I weigh 184 pounds. That's what I do. If I sniffed a piece of cheese, I went and ran 10 miles. It was, it was not healthy, and I still exceeded the height weight requirements. When I got out of the Navy and I went to seminary, and then after that, of course, I put on the weight back. I was about, again, back to 220, 225, somewhere in there. And my first boss, we were at a convention in Jasper, Georgia, at this convention center, which had a tennis court, and I liked to skate. I played hockey, as you know. So I was out there on my inlines, skating around, working out with a puck, and he came down. He wanted to play tennis. He was a big tennis player. And he started giving me a bunch of crap about, you're overweight, you're out of shape, you need, you need to start watching what you do. Which, by the way, is true of all Salvation Army officers. I'm just going to say it. And I finally just picked up the other racket that he had and said, let's go. I'm on skates. This guy is not a professional tennis player, but he's a pretty good tennis player. I took a set from him on skates. Flipped the racket back to him and said, yeah, I think I'm fine. And I kept growing. And I kept growing. I used to love to go to conventions and conferences with my good friends from seminary. And I actually remarked to somebody at one time that I liked sitting between my two best friends because even closing in on 300 pounds, I was still the smallest guy there. It made me feel better because I felt better about it. And years later, as time went by, I reached that 320 pounds in that photograph. And shortly after that photograph was taken, my downstairs neighbor had a tree limb that was giving him trouble. Somehow or another, he talked me into hanging from that tree limb to pull it down. And midway through all that, I thought to myself, I must look absolutely freaking ridiculous. This 322-pound behemoth hanging off this limb which I managed to get down, by the way, so that we could all get satellite television. And I thought, I should really do something about this. My knees were hurting badly. I would be headed for my first knee surgery a few months later. And then I got involved in a situation. And that situation was going really well. And then it wasn't. 
And it's funny how in life sometimes those kind of things kind of kick you in the ass and you get going. It wasn't that I decided to go on a diet because I didn't. I was just very depressed and very overwhelmed by things. And it just happened to coincide with when I changed careers into full-time radio. And I quit eating. Quit eating entirely. And after I got down to about 275, I had a chance encounter with that situation. And that person remarked, hey, you're looking really good. That's when I started running on ellipticals. I ran my ass off. And by the way, I ran my knee off. I'd already had the first arthroscopic surgery. By the time I got around to a year later, when I was back down to 189 pounds, imagine that, my knee was, was shredded. I mean, it looked like crab meat on the inside. I have the picture somewhere. And of course, that second surgery was bad. It, it didn't go well. It caused a lot of other problems. And one of the problems it caused was I sort of gave up. And as that needle ticked closer and closer to 300 pounds again, other things this time started happening. My blood sugars went through the roof. My blood pressure was un unbelievable. And at one point, I actually collapsed in the, in the doctor's office. I went to get a sh flu shot and ended up collapsing. That was in October of 2014. I had to do something, but my knee was so bad that I couldn't move. And I ended up going to the doctor, and there was a long story of healthcare short. I ended up getting approved for a total knee replacement, which took you know forever because back then they didn't like to do them for people that were too young. But the problem was my A1C was out of control, and they weren't going to do the surgery with my A1C that high. And I said to him, what am I supposed to do? I can't run. I can't walk. I can't bicycle. I can't do anything. And that needle was really close to 300 again. And so we did it. It was just diet. That's all we did. I just completely cut out carbs entirely. Carbs and sugars were gone. And over the course of about three months, I got it down. My weight went down about 25 pounds, but my A1C got in, got in place. Had the TKR, and since then, I've struggled. I have some news about my knee, but I'm not really prepared to tell you. I think most of you know that I've had a lot of problems with my knees, even since the TKR. And I finally this week got some news about it, but we'll talk about that as we get closer. But I did manage to stay right around 275. It's there when COVID started. I've stayed there through COVID. I'm actually down to about 260. But I'm not really doing anything. I just, I walk. That's what I do. I walk. I walk as much as five miles a day. It hurts. It hurts like hell. And there are days when I can take about 10 steps and then I'm shaking and almost falling. But I keep going. And my doctor the other day asked me why I do that. I said, because I have to. And I showed him the picture, because I have to. And he understood. And he said, well, with what we think is going on with your knee, it's not going to hurt anything, so keep going. <laughs> the problem is that my A1C now is 
essentially uncontrolled again. It's well over eight. Although my blood pressures are really good. They love my blood pressures. But I can tell you this, after a lifetime of dealing with weight issues, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, the damage it's done to my joints and my bodies, my shoulder, my knees, my ankles, I can say this with all earnestness. Earnestness. My life is pain. That's all it is. It's pain. Yes, I, my, I love my wife and my kids. But physically, my life is just pain. The doctor's solution to the pain? Well, lose weight. Oh, well, I guess. Which is why when I get up this morning and I get hit in the face, my entire timeline is full of advertisements and promotions for and celebrations of an event that's happening in Seattle that for some reason, I don't know what that reason would be, for some reason, my advertising algorithms have decided this might be of interest to me, is an event happening over in Seattle today, tomorrow, and Saturday, Sunday, I guess. It's all about body positivity, and it's called FatCon. And no, I'm not kidding. They make it sound so marvelous. The vibe's going to be immaculate, they say. Fat liberation, a fat brunch, fat policy and fat legislation, fat health, fat friends, fat fashion. For some reason, I clicked on it because I thought, there's no way this is real. It turned out it was. And you know what there is in all this stuff, all this celebration of fat liberation is nothing on that website, nothing on any of its associated websites, none of its sponsors, nothing in there about how fat is killing us, about how damaging it is to your life. I've lost friends. Do you understand that? I had a friend, Modesto, massively overweight, morbidly obese, probably what, Dan, was he 35? Somewhere in there. Gone. Just didn't wake up one morning. One of my best friends from seminary, one of those guys that I like to sit next to because he made me feel small. He's a good friend of mine. Got up one morning, a year and a half ago or so, just collapsed. His wife said the paramedics came, they got him up in a chair, they had him talking, and then he was just gone. There's nothing in this about the dangers to your health of being fat. There's nothing in here about the depression, the sadness of how to deal with the pain caused by it. It's just rainbows and unicorns about how being morbidly obese and how great it is, how wonderful it is. Look, you are not a model for a 17th century Dutch painter whose name I can't recall right now. Renoir? I don't remember. There is literally mountains of scientific evidence about how bad it is for you to be overweight. For me to be overweight. I'm talking to me. And we're supposed to follow the science, right? And I can personally tell you, I just did, about how bad it is for me. But this FatCon bullshit going over in Seattle right now is telling me to ignore reality, which unfortunately 
It's what our world has become. They're trying to tell me that this whole thing is to improve the life of fat humans through art, health, public policy, and community outreach. By improving visibility and uplifting the voices of people of size, we don't accept, we don't seek acceptance, we seek fat liberation. Fat liberation from, from what? This is like one of those corporate mission statement generators that just generates a bunch of buzzwords that sound good that don't actually freaking mean anything. And these people are going to this. From what I understand, it's basically sold out. I'm not going. These people are telling themselves, they're gathering to tell themselves that everything is just fine. And like everything else in our world, if you don't believe these fat people, me, are just happy, jolly, everything's great, our lives are wonderful, and we're, we're, we're speaking out for fat liberation. If you don't buy that, then you're the fat-phobic bigot. You see? It's not my problem. It's your problem. And that's how we treat things in our society now, isn't it? And I wonder to myself, how many people are actually listening to this BS? And I want to pull that gal aside in that video that you heard at the top of the show, I want to pull her aside and say, have you considered the impact of your fatness on other people? You don't have to search very far. You can find stories about paramedic fire departments that are having to add special stretchers because these people are too freaking big. People all the time complaining, why do they send the fire department on medical calls? Because... Those paramedics might need some help lifting some bremolo into the ambulance. That's why, dumbass. Think about nurses. Think about nurses in, in, in hospitals trying to roll over some 60 BMI patient who needs treatment. You think that's easy? We have taken something that is intensely personal and embarrassing, and we've turned it into a point of pride. We've said, oh, I should be happy. Dave, you should be celebrating the fact that you're overweight, that your BMI is 37.8. You should be celebrating. And it's just another example of how off the rails we have gotten. And it's getting people killed. Do you understand that? People are dying because of the diseases, because of the problems caused by having a BMI of whatever. The only real liberation from fat isn't some celebration in Seattle. It's to lose weight and get healthy. And yes, I know that. And that is why I'm so mad at myself about this whole thing. For the record, that's why I keep the picture. 